Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, hey, Gator Nation. Welcome back to the Respect Our Decision podcast, episode 37. It's Wednesday, April 19th, and as always, this is your boy, Hirsch, and with me is the hype man, Wes. What's good? And CJ, the man, McCann. What's going on, guys? And as promised, guys, we have a very special guest tonight, returning for the third time, Connor Clark of <laughs> of all Gators own fan nation. Connor, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well. Appreciate you guys being kind enough to have me on for three times now. So three times, the only three-time guest in the history of the show. I think you're still only the, the only repeat guest in the history of the show. So hey, you know, wow, third I time's feel, a charm. Uh, we keep feel you very coming. Privileged. Yeah, we like to bring you back after big events like we just had this last week in the spring game and everything. Guys, before we get to Connor, man, as always, go out and download your podcast wherever you get podcasts from, wherever you get your podcast from. Da da da. <laughs> and guys as always make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel respect our decision as you know we're having a contest this month for all new subscribers and all you got to do is subscribe to the channel drop a like leave a comment on each and every video you'll be in the running to win that hat that cj's been telling you about from alma mater guys there it is, there it is. cj showing it off is. if you're on youtube you see it, it right there good. man great hat guys Friday as you know, whites, baby hey we're on the road to 1,000 subscribers, guys. We're over halfway there. Dropping a subscribe is always free, guys. It didn't cost a single dime. All you got to do is smash that button. And, man, we sure do appreciate you. And as always, guys, we want to make sure we mention that we are partners with Prize Picks. It's a great time to go ahead and join up with Prize Picks, man. NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball going strong. And like we always say, man, if you're like CJ over there, you got XFL action happening yeah. all the time, man. You you can USFL, the bets. showboats are back, baby. Yeah. We're, we're and drop go. a few few <laughs> drop some action on the old XFL and the USFL, man. Those guys, those guys appreciate it. So as always, guys, use code respect one hundred and prize picks will match your first deposit up to one hundred dollars. Guys, man, let's jump on into it. We got Connor in the house. Lots of recruiting news to get to. It's kind of sad, man. This is the first show we've done in a couple weeks where we didn't have a a new commit to talk about. Uh, Coach Napier and the staff must be taking a break or something. They must be on a mulling. Uh (laughs) No, 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 no. Staff is working hard, man. The portal has opened up, so I'm sure they're out there reaching out to some portal targets and why don't we start there, Connor? Have you heard of, we uh we obviously heard today that Josh Simmons, the 
offensive tackle from San Diego State was going to be making a visit in May. Have you heard about any other potential portal targets that the Gators might be looking at? Yeah, so I haven't heard any specific names. Um, I obviously expect them to go after quite a few positions, um, solidify some starters. Uh, I think anybody that gets taken now um, is not going to be depth purposes. It's going to be somebody that they go out, they go out and get and think they can start in the fall. Um, I know they're going to prioritize safety. Um, I know they like the guys that they have there in, in Miguel Mitchell, Kamari Wilson, uh, Jordan Castell, Bryce Thornton, all those young guys, but they want to go get some experience. Um, somebody that's played a lot of snaps. So safety is going to be a big one. I expect them to try and go get an offensive tackle. Obviously, as you said, Josh Simmons uh, looks like he's planned to visit uh, to get on campus, I think is what, with the beginning of May. Yeah, I believe um, none of these prospects can visit until May. Isn't that correct? Like they can just enter right now, I believe it is. That I don't, I'd have to look at the recruiting calendar as far as that goes. And I don't know how that uh, fluctuates with being a transfer as opposed to a high school prospect because it's all kind of convoluted with as far as that goes. Yeah. I know UF is trying to get a lot of the guys on campus after the beginning of the month of May. Um, so we'll see what how that goes. Uh, as far as that though, um, there hasn't been a huge influx of people that have that I've noticed that would be like, hey, like that would be an obvious Florida target. Um, so I mean, there's still what another. 10 to 11 days left uh, in the transfer portal open window. So I would expect quite a few more to jump in. Um, I think Jaden Davis is somebody that's interesting. Uh, He's transferring from Oklahoma, went to St. Thomas Aquinas, played four years for the Sooners. Um, I know Florida could possibly be looking for another player at the star position, uh, something that he would fit into. They might have some interest in him. Um, I know he's getting some interest from schools across the country as well. So he might be one to keep an eye on. Um, I'd have to find out a little bit more about his situation, though. Absolutely. I know, Wes, Wes, you might want to expand on this about what you about. You know, Connor mentioned safeties. And I know your concern is that maybe Kamari and, and Mitchell might be the same kind of safety. So we definitely want to look for one to play opposite of those guys. Yeah, in my opinion, they neither one of them are more of like a free safety to me. More of them, they they are two kind of guys that can play in the box. So I I don't like them pairing together. I think we need like a guy that can go maybe from sideline to sideline, or maybe one single free high safety. So I don't like them two being on the field. So that that is a position I feel like they should you know uh, look in uh, to get because we got young guys behind those two stars. So that's probably why both of them are playing early now. Um, but I don't. I asked about that later. I, my first question to you, Connor, though, is um, <clears throat> we've talked about DJ Lagway as far as a lot of off the field stuff, the type of kid he is, what the family he's coming from, um, how he's recruiting, uh, one of the best recruiters we've had uh, as far as a player and which he should be as far as the quarterback, uh, of the, uh, as far as the face of the class. But my question is, uh, who would you comp him to as far as on the field? We know he's a, a five star. A lot of some recruit some recruiting sites have him as a four star, but he's borderline five star, if not complete five star quarterback. So, what do you think the Gators are getting as far as the type of player on the field? If you had a comparison, maybe a comp to give him to, or is he just his own type of guy? Man, that's a tough one. It's it's always hard to try and comp a kid like that because he's. I mean, he's. Hate to say this name, but the vibe that I get from him off the field is similar to a Tim Tebow, where guys will rally around him. Um, somebody that's going to generate a lot of buzz. Um, if you look at when Tebow committed to Florida, guys like Brandon Spikes, Percy Harvin, all wanted to come to Florida to play with him. I think DJ's has a similar gravity to him. Um, as far as a player comp on the field, it's kind of hard because he's kind of a unique prospect. He stands at about six foot three. He's already 230 or so pounds, um, which is unreal for, for a high school quarterback to come in with that kind of stature. He looks Um, like a linebacker. Yeah, he he really is. (laughs) He's built like a linebacker, Um, runs really well, has a strong arm. I think the biggest, uh, and the reason I think some sites have him as a four star, the biggest knock on him is lack of accuracy um, at times. He did vastly improve from his sophomore to his junior season, though. I think he went from 55% as a sophomore to like, I think it was like 64 as a junior. Um, So he's definitely improved in that aspect. I know 
a couple of people that I spoke to at uh, the Elite 11 camp this last weekend in Austin um, said that he was very clearly probably the most physically gifted player there um, as far as arm talent goes. Um, just struggled a little bit with some accuracy. And I guess the, the the one thing I did say after I heard the evaluation was that sounds a lot like Anthony Richardson. And it's when he misses, he misses high and he misses hard. Um, so uh, as far as, I guess, comp, he's, he's somewhat between a, a, a Tim Tebow, Anthony Richardson type <laughs> player. And I hate using Tim Tebow's name in situations like that. But as far as heard like, it here first, guys. his physical stature coming into <laughs> high school, very similar to that of Tim Tebow. And then the off field side of things reminds me of him, of that as well. Real quick. I know I want to get to CJ to ask some questions too, but you said something came up in there and I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about it today with the way that NIL is, is obviously changing the landscape. Do you feel like that day of that big quarterback that other guys like gravitate to play with is kind of, more out the window now? I mean, I would say yes and no. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, I mean, obviously guys are going to want to play with someone like DJ, but the, some of, for some of the kids, the end all beat all is going to be, well, I want to go play with DJ, but is the money right? Yeah. Um, so I think you have to do a good job of, of managing that. Um, because you'll get a guy like a Jeremiah Smith that goes, Hey man, like I really want to come play with DJ Lagway. Yeah. But I have the Prime example of a guy I was talking. I, about. I have the yeah. opportunity to go be a future first round draft pick for the greatest recruiter in college football. And the guy that has put more first round wide receivers in the league than anybody in the country. Um, not necessarily a huge NIL draw to Ohio state, but you have to find stuff like that. Um, yeah. So I do think DJ being DJ and the, the the kind of player that he is, is going to have an impact on landing pass catchers. And biggest thing's going to be, can the offensive line recruiting catch up to that? Hmm. CJ? Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of what I was going to get into and get to ask. We, we've seen like the, the Gator recruiting, it's, it's, it's much better – than what Dan Mullen was doing. But, of course, we always talk about we, we don't want to be better than Dan Mullen because better than Dan Mullen can still be not that great. What do you think oh, the staff – Yeah, right. So what do you think the staff needs to do to reach that that next level of, you know, recruiting to where it's like, okay, this is where we want to be at? Um. So, yeah, I mean, I think they're doing a phenomenal job as is. Um, I know you're going to see a lot of complaining on the timeline and, and stuff like that. No, that, that, that indicates <laughs> that they're not, that indicates that they're not doing a great job. But I mean, if you look at the class, it's seven players deep, six of which are four stars, five of which are inside the top 200, four of which are inside the top 100. I think it actually might be four of which inside the top 50. Yeah. It is, yes. Um, as of, so, as of right now. Yeah, so you're looking at four top 50s out of the seven that you have committed. No, sorry. Yeah, four four out of the seven that you have committed are inside the top 50. That's an outstanding start to a class. Is that going to win you a bunch of a bunch of fans at the end of the cycle if that's all you have inside the top 50? No, of course not. Um, but it's significantly better than what we've seen in the past. Um, and, and we're not just saying Mullen. You can go back to Mac. You can go back to... Um, even some of Muschamp's days, uh, an early start like this is fantastic. They're inside the top 10. Um, I would think over the next, I'd say two to three weeks, they'll increase their recruiting rankings some more. I think they'll get a couple more commits over the next couple weeks. Um, that'll bump that up. Um, maybe appease some people, get them up inside the top five, top six, since, uh, some people seem to be infatuated with Frank Beamer today. Um, but, uh, uh, (laughs) <laughs> don't get west started now but uh don't get but, but yeah started. so um so so i mean it's it's early returns that are very good i think they have the right plan i think they have the right system in what they're doing um and they just have to continue to build yeah um and i know i'm gonna put something out here and i know wes is probably gonna piggyback off of it because i know it's a pet peeve of his but is this, I mean, you know, I know you follow recruiting hard and have since you were 
a young man. Like, I mean, I've, you know, as I've watched you on Twitter since you first got into it and you've always been recruiting has been your baby. Is this the leanest year you can remember for offensive line and defensive line recruits in the state of Florida? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. It's really tough in, in the state, in the state of Florida specifically, but I was talking to some people this year. Um, I just think the defensive line class as a whole nationally mm-hmm. is not great this year. Um, you're looking at, I think the number one defensive tackle in the state of Florida is DeAndre Robinson out of Jones high school in Orlando, Florida. And he's composite, like number 280 or number 300. Jeez. Um, so, so the D line class as a whole, I think is really down this year, uh, which is why I think it was so important for them to go into the portal and get guys like Cam Jackson. Um, they, they, I would have liked to see them close on guys like John Walker, Caden McDonald in the last class, because I think the, one of the biggest priorities in this year's class is nose tackle. Um, so I think DeAndre Robinson, somebody that they have to go out and get because he's from the state of Florida and he's the top D lineman in the state. But yeah, I mean, offensive line in Florida is usually never very good. Um, there, you typically have to go outside of the state of Florida to get the the big time players. But even this year, like you said, Hirsch, it's it's pretty pretty far down, and uh, they're going to have to go to like North Carolina, Texas, um, some other states in the southeast uh, to to go get a solid offensive line class. I know they're I know they're really digging deep in Texas, and shout out. Once again, to Joe Hamilton for all the work he does out in Texas. Uh, the man is a machine. Um, might be working harder than, to some than maybe our offensive line coaches are, huh, Wes? Yeah, I know I mean, Wes like, has got a concern. <laughs> every, I, I've been saying this since last year. I've not been impressed uh, with the offensive line coaches. I mean, they, they got some guys through the portal to, I guess, kind of supplement what they were missing, but – I mean, like, what is going on there? I, you know, as everybody know, I live in South Carolina. And what Beamer is doing uh, in South Carolina, I, I'm wondering. <laughs> I know, and we had, uh, I think, uh, Cam uh, Pringle uh, with with Joanna Taylor. Uh, we had that connection as far as, but I mean, I, I hope we can go back and maybe circle around. But I don't know the way South Carolina is recruiting, especially on O line. I don't know. Maybe he's locked in there. So, I mean, what what are they doing there? Who, who, who's on the board? Uh, is there something that they're doing wrong? There's something that can be fixed. I mean, what is going, is that a problem issue? Like I have for you. Yeah. So offensive line recruiting is always seems to always be, have been Florida's Achilles heel. Um, even dating back to like Mac and Muschamp and guys like that. Um, I mean, you landed a guy like Martez Ivy, but that was kind of expected and they made that happen at the last minute. Um, they're going to have to go go out of state like we kind of already discussed. Uh, Sales never going to be an elite recruiter. Darnell Stapleton's not an elite recruiter. Um, they're very good at developing the guys that they bring on campus. Um, and uh, I feel like that sounds like the early tenures of of Dan Mullen talking about John Hevesy. Oh, yeah, he can go get whoever he wants and, and develop those guys. But they're going to have to land some blue chip guys. They did a great job getting Rod Kearney away from Florida State last year, who was the highest ranked offensive line commit to the University of Florida since Richard Garage. Um, I know, speaking of Joe Hamilton, um, somebody that they've been working really hard and somebody that's uh, scheduled a visit with Florida is Michael Uini, I think is how you pronounce his last name. Offensive tackle out of the state of Texas. Joe Hamilton's a connect there. He's very high on the board. Uh, they really like him, and he seems to be reciprocating that interest. I think that's somebody they need to get uh, because they have to go out and get top-level offensive tackles. Uh, and Bennett Warren is another name out of Sugarland that I, I know has been kind of circulating the last few days. It's supposed to visit this summer as well. Yeah, he's um, certainly somebody that they like as well. You know, fits that size mold that they like, that 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, 300-pound plus, you know, huge wingspan. They know the guys they like. They just they just need to start locking a few of them down. You can't live in the portal there forever. CJ, all right, Connor. Who is somebody that's kind of off the radar as far as a recruit goes that you you're pretty high on that you've seen? Man, thank you for asking me that question because I've been <laughs> pounding the table for a wide receiver out of the Tampa area. His name is Isaiah Williams. He goes to Carrollwood Day School in Tampa. 
He, I think right now he's a composite three star, um, just outside like the top 400 or whatever it is. Um, I absolutely love this kid. I got to see him in person this weekend at uh, OT7's uh, seven-on-seven event, and he was virtually unguardable. Um, He's not very tall. He's about six foot, maybe six one in cleats. Um, Not very big. He's probably about 170 pounds, but he is quick twitch, can play inside or outside, fantastic hands. Um, And and he's somebody that I I know Florida is high on uh, and somebody that I think – if you if there's a receiver in in the state of Florida that you need to go get, I think it's him, and then I think it's also T.J. Moore from Tampa Catholic. And you add that too. Obviously, we know uh, Mario Craver has they've been after him for quite a while, and the young man at IMG, his name escapes me right off the top Dr- of Dre Hawkins. Dre Hawkins, yes, I know that those are probably the the four guys that probably we need to keep an eye on. I I had actually heard Isaiah Williams' name. I'd looked him up before he popped right up in my my search history when I went to look at him and yeah he's right there like I said he, him and him and Craver are really right there probably at the same body type but you know hey speed man speed speed and more speed Craver's a little bit shorter um I think he's listed on 247511 I heard he's like not five, he's, nine, he's five, not 511 <laughs> um he was at the tournament that, he was at the tournament this weekend as well um he's probably about 59 but legit track it. speed uh he's a 10 6 10 700 meter guy and every bit of that acceleration shows up on the football field is that one of those old school mullen go get me a return man kind of place you know we haven't had that in a long time we haven't gone out and gotten that guy that could probably just be that you know all world return man you sleeping on my guy eugene wilson from last year Man, I want Eugene. He could be an all. Here's all my world thing: is guy. I love you know I I'm a bell cow for Eugene or Trey, I Trey probably, Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Trey, you got to start calling him Trey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm a bell cow for Trey, man. But I I I don't know. I just I want to see that guy catching these screen passes next year. No no more X. <laughs> on the, on the no, man. definitely. You de- I'd give it to him and Aiden Mizell before All I give day. it to uh, I don't know, even, Andy. even Andy. Even Andy. Say, what I saw from Andy Gene, I'd let that guy return the kicks. Man, he's shifty. Let me. Connor, this guy's I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna shift gears on that and go in that direction with Connor. Connor, we all watched the spring game. We all saw what we saw. Just from your point of view, was it? Was is it as? It wasn't as bad as it looks. Correct. I don't think anything's ever as bad as the initial reaction or as good as the initial reaction. So I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Um, I will say I was super encouraged by the defensives uh, showing that we saw and uh, uh, a huge Austin Armstrong fan. I was going to ask you that. I know you talked to a lot of kids. What are their, what are the early takes on Austin Armstrong? That he is, oh man, I, I, try to think of the right way to describe it. He's just a ball of energy, man. Um, You could see it in the spring game when he was jumping up and down, celebrating with his guys coming off the field. Um, And then at the end of the game when they won, and that was the team that he was coaching, um, he was, he was ecstatic about it, walking around. Uh, Made me feel kind of old because it's the first coach that Florida's hired. That's younger (laughs) than me. Um, First time ever that's happened in my lifetime. Welcome Um, to the club. (laughs) (laughs) So, but no, um, and, and everything I've heard from from people that know Austin Armstrong, from the players that are at Florida, um, it, the the uh, the thing that I kind of always go back to is people kind of describe him as if Kirby Smart and Will Muschamp had a baby, that's Austin Armstrong. Between the energy, uh, the the mindset on defense, the knowledge of the game, um, he's just very aggressive, very high strung, very energetic, and the players from what I understand that are at Florida now, as they've gotten to know him and as they've played for him in spring are, are starting to love him. So uh, somebody that I think Florida did a great job going and getting. Obviously, you know, with Grantham, you never heard of Grantham recruiting anyone, but he definitely looks like a guy that would be a hit on the recruiting trail just because he's going to be fired up when he goes talk to a kid and, you know, kids feed off of that, man. You know, I can't see any kid ever getting excited about Todd Grantham walking into the living room you know, looking like his face is 
just sad to be there, you know. But this guy, like you said, I love listening to him just break down defenses because his his energy is so electric. Wes, you got anything else you need to ask, Connor? Yeah, my other problem issue is uh, not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm ask, I asked the files the question. I asked DJ earlier, but because um, this is, I think, what I don't want to say the fans, but you know, this is an area for me. Like the offensive line has been rushing uh, the the side opposite strong defensive end. Uh, there's a couple guys that are. I'm going with the elite guys right now, so there may be some other guys, but uh, there's Dylan Evans. Uh, there's Ross and there's Simmons. That Simmons came for the spring game from out of Texas with uh, DJ Lagway, and I'm not gonna try to say. Uh, Feel to me, say it. <laughs> Feel to me. So with those <laughs> three guys, got it. Uh, who do you see? Can you just give a percentage on each guy and talk about it if you can? You said Colin Simmons, uh, Ross uh, from out of Alabama. Okay. And, and uh, Dylan, uh, Dylan Evans, is it Dylan Evans? Dylan Evans. Dylan Evans. Dylan Evans. Dylan Evans. Texas A&M commit. Yes, yeah. he just uh, visited okay. a couple of weeks ago. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I think if anybody is 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 the best shot to to go and get, I would say Dalen Evans is probably that guy. Um, I know he is committed to Texas A and M, but he has been very vocal about how Florida is like the next next up in line to Texas A and M. Said Florida. I think he spoke with Corey Bender at on three um, where he said that Florida may have even overtaken Texas A&M as, as the best school he's ever been to. Um, and I know he has a lot of interest in Florida. I talked to a couple of people out in Texas and, and they have been very, very bullish on the fact that ever since Florida offered that Florida was going to have a shot all the way till the very end. He really likes Florida. Um, so I would say he's probably, the highest chance uh, of the, of getting I heard of ending his mama up in Gainesville was, okay with, was very okay with him getting out of state as well. Yeah, I mean, it, a lot of I mean, a lot of people don't, there's there's a fine line that you walk a lot of those things. Colin Simmons is probably my favorite edge rusher in the class, just an absolute stud. Um, that one to me, uh, with without knowing too much about the situation. Um, cause I haven't been able to talk to him. I know a lot of people out in Texas, um, that have kind of shared the same sentiment that it's going to be a, a battle all the way till the very end with, uh, NIL playing a big factor in his recruitment. Um, so I know LSU is a school that he really likes. I know Texas is a school that's really going to be in there because Texas can, can go out and just spend a lot of NIL money. Um, USC, I think is somebody that's in there as well. Uh, and then Florida, after this visit, uh, when he came with DJ and, and X, really cemented themselves as one of his top schools. Uh, but it's going to be it's going to be something that they're going to have to fight all the way to the very end. So I I put that percentage kind of on. I wouldn't say I, I'd say if you, you have to give a percentage, maybe thirty thirty five percent. Um, uh, depending on how things go, uh, we'll, telling me we'll there's see. a chance. There, there's there's a slight <laughs> chance. Yeah. And then you said uh, Ross from Alabama, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I heard know he was th- Auburn, but that's why I asked. Yeah. Say that again. I was hearing that he was trending more towards Auburn right now. So I was- yeah, I mean, so the thing that the thing that really stinks for for Florida um, is that Hugh Freeze is now at Auburn. <laughs> so um, Hugh Freeze has been a phenomenal recruiter his entire career. Um, he's going to do a great job recruiting. So a lot of the kids that did not go to Alabama um, that would leave the state might not leave the state now because Hugh Freeze is there. So Auburn's going to spend money. Yeah, they're they're going to do what they're going to do. Hugh Freeze has never been afraid to do that. Now that it's legal, he's not going to be afraid <laughs> at all. Um, so yeah, I I would say I, I I would lean more towards him staying in the state of Alabama. Um, so uh, with him, I. I probably put it about 25, 30%. Uh, I think Dalen Evans is your highest percentage where I'd put probably about 60 or so. Oh, awesome. CJ, you got one last question for Connor? I'll, I'll ask the, the, this is the question that, that, that like my kind of like, if we're talking like negative questions, the kicking looked horrible in the spring game. <laughs> is there, is, is that just going to be, we're just going to keep working with Trey Smack. Is there somebody else that might be an option? You know, you don't really hear a lot about kicker recruiting because it's not a sexy position. So you've got like guys that don't really cover it. 
you know anything, or is it? Is oh no, he only worries worries about. No, he he doesn't like kickers. He likes punters. Punters. I know. I'm just saying the kicking game. The only time was the only time was a a problem was when uh, Matt went out and got uh, Eddie Pinero. He sat down and ate some food, but yeah, (laughs) it's like you know because Trey Trey Smack kind of reminds me of the whole Austin Harden situation, uh, where where you're like stuck and then you have to get the the. The open tryouts and stuff. Is there anything from the camp that you could tell us about the kicking game? So you're we... telling me you don't want a dental student kicking field goals next? <laughs> I time. don't want a. I don't want a Publix bagger. <laughs> I don't want. You know. <laughs> Let's call up Harrison um, and see if he can start trying out for kickers. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> um. So it's it's a tough situation because they just put Trace Mack on scholarship after the fall. Or not Trace Mack, I'm sorry, uh, Adam Mahalik um, on, on scholarship after the fall. Is that something where they now pull his scholarship after after spring and tell him, hey, man, good luck. Go find another place to go get a scholarship. Um, I don't think you can really afford to do that because Trace Mack, from what we saw in the spring game at least, didn't look like he's reliable. He missed, what, like a 29-yarder, a 46-yarder, and then made – the game winner as and then, yes, quote, put the as, as time expired. As time um, expired. <laughs> after they put about 15 more seconds on the clock. That's just what they need to um, tell him every time he goes out there to kick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, uh, uh, the returns on Trace Mack had actually been better coming out of spring um, than they were last year. Now, I don't know that that's like a ringing endorsement because from what I had understood, he wasn't great last year in fall camp. Um, I don't think they're going to try and go get somebody in the transfer portal because you can't really afford to put a third kicker on scholarship. Um, so I think one of the two is probably gone at, after the transfer portals open or closes. Um, I think Trace Max probably the one that's going to stay uh, because he was given every opportunity in the spring game. Now the, I guess you just kind of have to, hope that he gets everything together. And then if he, if he doesn't have a great season, maybe they tell him, Hey, look, we're, we're going to pursue other options. And then they recruit a kicker in this class. Um, but I think right now they're going to ride out with Trey smack and, and hope that he finds, finds the middle of the uprights. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Connor, we appreciate you as always coming on with us, man, sharing, sharing your insight on recruiting. It's always nice when things are going well to chop it up. And this staff sure does seem to have their stuff together. Everything I hear from people on the inside is this is the most organized group we've ever had. It The results are starting to really show themselves. Hopefully we, you know, like you said, we add a couple more here real shortly. And then, man, hopefully after Friday Night Lights, you know, it's a month earlier this year, we'll get you back on and we'll be talking about some more uh, big commits. That'll be ideal. Uh, I, I will certainly be in attendance for that like I am every year. So hopefully I'll have a little bit more information uh, from kind of being on the ground there. Um, but yeah, more than happy to come on and talk with you guys. I always appreciate uh, you guys reaching out and asking me to come on and, uh, and talk a little bit of Florida recruiting. Yes, sir, man. We love it. That's what we're here for. As always, guys, big shout out to Connor for coming on with us. You can always find Connor on Twitter at all Gators on FN. Check him out. Always retweeting things Florida-related and not Florida-related. Connor's always putting the kids up there, man, doing the right thing by the recruits out there. We appreciate you so much, Connor. Uh, thanks for coming on, man, and you take care. Absolutely, man. Thank you guys for having me on. Thanks, Always, brother. It, man. Appreciate it, Connor. Of course. All right, boys. It's always fun to have Connor on, man, and that pretty much covered our basis as far as recruiting goes right now. Not a whole lot else going on out there. Like Connor said, man, we could have us a, a couple more re- commitments at any given time. I know that the coaching staff felt real good coming out of the spring game with where we stood with a few kids, and um, it wouldn't surprise me at all to maybe see one or two of those kids pop in the next week or so, so – Keep your eyes peeled, obviously, to our Twitter page at Respect Our DCN. You know, and we'll talk about it on the podcast if it happens. We'll break them all down. So, with that being said, guys, there's not a whole lot going on. Obviously, the team is is broke for the spring, so there's not a lot of team news going on right now. Uh, obviously, the the portal is open for business. We haven't had anybody declare for it yet, 
So we'll wait and see if that happens. I'm sure coach is having some exit meetings with some kids that might be on the fence. You know, they maybe they voice some concerns to coach about if Florida is the right place for them. And um, them and Coach Napier and their and their position coaches will probably sit down, discuss that, and decide whatever the best you know course of action is for those young men. Because I know Billy just wants the kids to be where they're happy and they're going to thrive and and get the most out of their career. Um. So if, if any of that breaks, of course, we'll let you know and we'll keep you updated on any kids that might be visiting in the in the portal. I had I mentioned it when Connor was on. I, I was told that kids can't officially visit till after the first of May, um, that that this two week window is just for kids to enter. I'd have to go read the specifics on that because the NCAA changes that I swear, like every six months, there's a change to how the dynamic works. So there's also to be on the lookout for um, kids that are transferring in inside the SEC. There's a, there's a rule now where they can't transfer to an SEC program and immediately play. Be immediately yeah. They have eligible. to sit one, one count, one calendar year or something of that. Nature. So, so when you guys see like a Georgia player into the portal or you see an Alabama player into the portal and you start freaking out about like, why is Florida not going after this kid? Because, because it's not ideal. It's not <laughs> ideal. Unless the you just second want portal to, or the first portal? This is the second the second portal. The first portal, no, because we've got Goodwin and George. These these are just like the rules of uh, the April. Yeah, yeah, since it's after like spring. Yeah. It's basically like it, it's it's to make it where a kid doesn't go through a spring game and then he's like, oh, well, I ain't going to play. So now I'm going to transfer to, yeah. you know, to, to Missouri or Tennessee or Florida right. or whatever. And, right. and I'll jump on their program because they – I watch their spring game and they need a starting offensive guard. Right. (laughs) It's kind of like some weird anti-tampering rule that they put out there, you know, Mm. just to to deter kids from doing it. But like we said, I know uh, uh, Simmons from San Diego state has set up a visit with the staff. He was a starter all year last year for San Diego state. I know Texas A&M is also interested in that young man. So obviously right now, we're looking for some at two offensive linemen, like Connor said, a safety, uh, maybe a receiver. I've heard we might be in the in the ballpark for if if the right one was to enter. So we'll just keep an eye on it, man. That's all we can do: is see who enters, see what the staff does. The staff moves in silence, man. Things just pop up, and there and there we are. So that being said, guys, um, we're gonna move right on down to CJ here and talk a little around the bases, man. Those those. That damn Jack Caglione, man. This <laughs> Jesus, he's so good. Isn't God he? Almighty, <laughs> he's I so can't even. Good. I can't even log on to the Twitter machine at night without the first thing I see is Caglione twenty two. Caglione, you know, it's just like <laughs> CJ. Let us know how we did this week, man. Uh, you know, you lose the first one, the George and a heartbreaker. Um, you, you give up a bunch of runs. You kind of lose the save there at the end. All two guys that have been red hot with uh, Abner and Neely, and I'll get to Neely in a minute because I've got some things I want to say. Um, anyway, so uh, you go into the game, you you take the next two, which is the main thing. You win the series against those damn dogs. Um, you know, our, our little brother in every other sport except for football. Um, so you know, I guess that's the one that counts to most people, but they they can't touch us in anything else. Um, so you, you beat the dogs. Jack Caglione's at 22 home runs on the season already. We're in April. Uh, I remember it, that uh, I read last year Wyatt tied the single season record for 26 home runs, and he didn't do that until May. Um, so <laughs> Jack is four home runs away, and we're still in the middle of April. There's no reason to think he's not going to get it at the rate he's going, aside from some just – meltdown catastrophe which would be terrible uh we did have some some uh bittersweet ending there in the last game of the series against the dogs uh we send out our closer brandon neely leaves the conference in saves uh was a starter last year he comes out and with the bases loaded he gets the gators out of a jam without giving up a whole bunch of runs strikes a guy out he's super pumped and, you know, he lets everyone know that he's super pumped. He doesn't say anything vulgar, doesn't do anything really brash, just kind of pumps his, you know, fist. All right, come on, yeah. And he gets ejected by Mr. Brian DeBauer, the umpire. Mr. Brian DeBauer is the trainer for other umpires. He's See that? 
facts. He's going to be teaching. He's going to be teaching other umpires his, his mindset, which is wonderful. He got thrown out for nothing. See, can Brandon, I ask the question? Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. Did, is there a way he can appeal that, or is that final? Or did they already appeal? They, I, I, if there was an appeal to be made, uh, they're already kind of conceded it. Um, maybe Sully doesn't believe it's worth any time. I haven't heard of anything that says you can appeal that or not. I know that, you know, it, it, when you're talking like you're going to be suspended for the next four games, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's a situation like in other sports when you're appealing something, you can um, you can play while the appeal process is going on, and that might affect it why we didn't do it because then if he doesn't win the appeal – then he's out for a more, you know, another series that maybe like the Vanderbilt series or something, depending on what happens. Um, but not having Brandon Neely for this this series, if you didn't, I mean, he's suspended for four games, so he couldn't play last night against FAMU. We dominated FAMU. We run ruled him. No shock there. He hit seventeen runs in. But you're going into a series that is like the most important series up to now, to this date with the South Carolina Gamecocks who look to be back in South Carolina baseball form that they haven't had in like the last 10 years. Um, absolutely red hot right now. And you're going into their place. You got to go play them in Columbia and you're not going to have your, your, your closer, which sucks because you need him um, for virtually nothing. Um, you know, we, I, I watched the LSU game where the guy hit the home run against Kentucky this past weekend and yelled all kinds of obscenities at the pitcher, you know, all kinds of the words with, you know, four-letter words very clearly, and nothing was done. He wasn't ejected. Um, Brandon Neely was ejected for something completely harmless. He was pumped up. He, you know, was showing that he was excited to get a guy off base. He didn't do anything that was brash. They said he looked at the Georgia dugout. I didn't see that he looked at the Georgia dugout at, at any point. If he did, it was for a quick second. Um, there was no real taunting going on at all. It was just just an odd ejection from an umpire that had been really uh, kind of bad for most of the game. A lot of, lot of balls that were called strikes, a lot of strikes that were called balls. Just not very good. You know, I, I always knew that umpires were blind. I, I didn't know they were also stupid. Um, so, like, that's just it just made me sick to my stomach to to have a, a player ejected for being excited and loving the game. Let me let me put some contrast to this because it's very – it's not funny at all, but it's amusing that I don't know if it was the same night or in that same 24-hour period – you had, and this video was all over Twitter and social media, the LSU kid that hit the home run. Yeah, right. And looked at the pitcher, threw his bat, and said, F-U-U, yeah. expletive, expletive, expletive. Right. Right to the pitcher with the umpire watching the whole interaction. I mean, he had to have heard him. You couldn't have not. I mean, he screamed it. Right. No disciplinary action whatsoever. Right, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. It just doesn't make sense, you know. If we're gonna we're gonna blanket this, what he did, it, it should definitely. If you if you're calling what Neely, did, I don't think either one of us should be ejected. I think you're grown men. There was very, baseball. there was there wasn't even really good video of what Neely did. That's what's so funny to me. Like it wasn't like you, not like the FSU guy where you were zoomed in on his face, you could read exactly what he said. Right. Like it wasn't even. <laughs> like and that's my thing. I don't. I don't think unless you're like really doing something obscene, like like yeah, he uh, wasn't DX chopping. Yeah, that's him what I say. Wasn't cross chopping or something? <laughs> like it, unless you're doing something really vulgar and obscene, I don't want to see anybody get ejected for anything like that. My I thought, kids, they're, let them play. This is this is baseball. Let them have fun. You've gotten into the age where you have some of the most obscene bat flips of all yeah. times happening yeah. all the time. Nothing happens. You see the crowd get excited. The crowd does all kinds of wild stuff. I mean, these kids are going to get caught up in the in the emotion of it, right? And it's like issue said, a warning. Issue if if it's that big yeah. of a deal, issue a warning, son. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna start a, you know, you're gonna ha- we're gonna have an issue if you do that again. Yeah, it's that easy. I, I thought for a minute there, I thought for sure Sully was going to get tossed. 
And he should have. He probably should have. Yeah, because he he Sully like came out of the bullpen and almost I thought he was going to rip this umpire's head off. Because again, I I watched it back a hundred times and I'm like, what did he do? Yeah, he just looked like he was pumping himself up, if if anything. Like they said he he was he was looking down from what I could tell. Yeah, you know. If they said he looked at the Georgia dugout, and I never saw it. Like he went I, right I towards the Gator dugout. Like he that, came off the mound and went right towards our dugout. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I don't understand it, but you know it is what it is. Now you got to get through this series. No excuses. You got to beat South Carolina. This is a super important series to really kind of boost your standing with a lot of people because you know there's a lot of a lot of uh, for like LSU and Florida both people are like, why are they still ranked so high? You know who are they? Who are they beating? Right. Um, there's a there's a lot of that going on. We can't you help need to that beat FSU it. and Tennessee are starting to suck. I mean, it's not our fault. Yeah, and that, that's that's <laughs> a lot of it. It's like Ole Miss isn't very good. Uh, you know, Georgia's not very good. What we was the, uh, what did Vanderbilt and Sacramento do today? Was it two three Vandy? I think so. I think Vandy took the series. I could be wrong. Maybe they didn't. Um, but the Vanderbilt is another team that we still got to play them later and we got to play them in May. Uh, Kentucky has been very good all year. They gave LSU all they wanted and then some. Um, so you still got this really tough slate coming up of games. Missouri is sneaky. Good. Don't let their record fool you. Missouri is much better than their record. Um, See, so, baseball as a whole, we run this country. It's, it's not even close. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you play in a tough conference and you got to play South Carolina now without your closer. I'll be curious to see what Sully's plan is in this situation. I know, um, I know what it is. What is that? Score more runs than they can, than, than it matters. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's, that's it. We're you don't need your closer with, when you're on your closer. Eight. <laughs> we just need Jack Caglione to hit three home runs. Jack uh, Riviera, the boy, you know, yeah, all those boys. Just go out and score. I need you to score eight to twelve every game, and we're good. We're good. We can make it. We can do it. Except for. <laughs> <laughs> It just then again we saw us lose like that on Friday. You know, you lose to Georgia. You, That's in I the mean, past. <laughs> <laughs> it was Neely that blew the lead though, so we might be okay. <laughs> we don't bring up old stuff on this show. Yeah, but like I said, big series against South Carolina, playing the boys on the road Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. Uh we won't be playing on the Sunday. So you guys check that out. It's a massive game for the Gators, uh, to really cement where they stand in the SEC right now. Absolutely, guys. Uh, big time, big time series for Florida baseball. Moving into the absolute meat of the schedule. Exciting games each and every night. So make sure y'all are tuned in, or if you're in, in, you know, in the area when we come back home, make sure you get out there and support the team, man. They, it's a fun time out there for sure. Just watching it on TV, I can tell. And I know CJ likes to go out there and hang out. You might, you know, you you go out there, you might meet CJ walking around. Yeah, you might run into me when I'm when I'm. <laughs> I'm I'm six uh six adult beverages in and I'm I'm Easy. got hot dog wrappers everywhere. Easy. <laughs> Easy. It's a family friendly show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, man. This has been another uh just a solid episode, man, with Connor on here talking as always, giving great insight. Like I said earlier in the show, guys, y'all make sure if you're not already, go out there, follow Connor on Twitter. Um at all gators on FN. Connor is always just retweeting stories that he's written for, for the network and retweeting uh, tweets that kids put out there or tweets about kids that, that are interested in Florida pumping up the, the recruits, a, a fountain of knowledge in the recruiting game, Connor, Connor Clark always. So guys, with that being said, is this is going to about wrap it up for this episode. Make sure you tune in later this weekend for our pot of the people episode. We'll have that out there for you. Um, CJ, you got anything you want to add? Hey guys, just make sure you're always supporting us as creators, whether it's on the Twitter, the Facebook, the Patreon, and the YouTube, of course, where you can win yourself one of these nice fancy hats. All you got to do is subscribe, like, leave a comment. We're going to be drawing. It's almost out. We're almost through the week. We've got two more weeks left, guys. And then we're going to be drawing and we're going to be sending you any of these hats from our friends at Alma Mater. Also, make sure you support Alma Mater. Go check them out with our link. Buy you some Gator gear. They've got this hat on stock. They've got one in gray. They've got the blue one that you've seen. They've got Hirsch's hoodie with the Pell logo on the front. And if you like the Billy Napier hoodie that says Dominate with the Gator logo inside the O, 
make sure you pick that up. They've got that as well. And the Scherzi program with the softball players, they've got those there. And the percentage of that goes back to the players in the NIL program. Yes. So always yep. help out our friends. It's Gators helping Gators. It's it's merch by Gators for Gators. So just help them out. Check them out. And you're helping us out, too, every time you do it. Yes, yeah, sir. Fin- a link when you do that. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you, we, we put the links out there. We'll we'll put it out there for y'all to look at. Like I was saying in the last episode, man, phenomenal fast turnaround on the shipping from alma mater. Uh, not like fanatics where sometimes it's three days, sometimes it's three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I ordered my, my hoodie and I was, you know, well, when it gets here, it gets here. Three days later, I'm wearing that hoodie. It's comfortable. Man, I wore it this morning. It was cool outside. I threw my hoodie on, went for my run. It's awesome. So make sure y'all go out there, check out that merchandise, pick it up. And with that being said, guys, Wes, take us to the house, man. Yeah, as always, shout out to Connor for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you all for our, our numbers continue to go up. Last podcast uh, we did last week was uh, went up again. It was our most watched uh, and viewed uh, podcast. So shout out to you all for viewing us and giving us your time. Uh, uh, we really appreciate you guys. And as always, this is a podcast that supports our veterans. So shout out to you all who are serving our country. They give us the ability to bring you uh, this Gator uh, updates as far as recruiting and, and the state of the program. Uh, we love doing this for you all. And like Hirsch always says, anything that you want to hear or anything you want to uh, want us to improve on, uh, talk bad about, we don't mind. Just give us a comment because uh, we're doing it for you. So we like the input that you guys give us. And uh, always salute to our, our troops out there that's uh, serving again and, and their spouses and, and, and also the kids that, that are out there as well. Uh, we appreciate you all. And always go Gators. Go Gators, baby. Work them silly, baby. Go Gators. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.